Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Emperor's New Clothes. There was a couple of con men who came to the emperor and said, if you give us a lot of money and gold and the finest materials, we'll make you the most beautiful garment that man has ever seen. And so they began to weave the materials to make the garment on an invisible loom. They told the emperor that the garment would be invisible to all but the wise and the pure in heart. Well, as people would come in to check out this garment, they would say, oh, yeah, I see it. It's gorgeous, just gorgeous, because they didn't want to seem as a fool. They didn't want to be seen as unwise. Well, the emperor also began to act as if he could see it because he didn't want to appear to be a fool either. Well, then came the day of the parade and a child shouted out, that emperor doesn't have on any clothes. He's naked. And everyone at that moment realized that that was the truth and that the emperor realized it himself. I read that story and I thought to myself, you know, evolution is much like the emperor's new clothes. Uh, People um, think you have to be cultured or you have to have a science degree or smart enough or, um, you know, you won't understand it. I told you the last time Uh, that we were together, I said most people believe in evolution because they believe that most intelligent people believe in evolution. Remember I told you that? And we need a Christian to stand up and say, Darwinism doesn't have any clothing. Am I right about it? I think of um, the the debate that's coming up with uh, Ken Ham and uh, the science guy, Bill Nye. And I know you guys have probably heard of this uh, creation evolution debate that's coming up. I want to encourage you to pray for Ken Ham. Um, Pray for the science guy. Uh, Somebody say amen. Because Ken Ham will eat him up. But anyways, uh, (laughs) but pray for the science guy. But at the same time, I realize, and I think you should realize, that people don't come to Jesus through an argument. People don't come to Jesus through a a debate. People come to Jesus by, number one, the gospel being presented, and number two, the Holy Spirit opening up their eyes so that they can see that they need Jesus. So let's pray for Ken Ham that uh, that will happen, that that Bill Nye's eyes will be opened and that God will will use it. You know, as I thought about this debate coming up, it's February the 4th, by the way, Uh, As I thought about this debate coming up, I thought of Job chapter 38. I want you to hold your finger right here, and I want you to turn with me to Job chapter 38. It's right before Psalm. Job chapter 38, and and this is God speaking to Job. 
And the Lord is not an evolutionist. Oh, y'all slow this morning. I said the Lord is not an evolutionist. Amen. Job chapter 38. And look at this. I want you to see something here. The Lord is reminding Job that he ought to keep his mouth shut. Somebody say amen. You know, that's a word for somebody right here. I'm not going to tell you. Job 38. Look at verse 1. If you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. Well, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you will answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang, that's the angels, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors? When it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, when I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors, when I said, thus far to the ocean you may come, but no further, and here your proud waves must stop. Listen, look at verse 4. Notice God says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Look at verse 11. God says, where were you, Job, when I created the sea and I bound it with the shorelines and I told the sea, you can't go any further. That's your limit. Listen, that's a reference to God's creative work that we're talking about here in day three. And I say to the science guy, Mr. Nye, you're not wearing any clothes. You can't speak on the topic because God said you weren't there. The only reliable source, saints, on creation is the Bible. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? The only reliable source is the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 tells us all scripture. Where's my verse? 2 Corinthians 3, 16. Come on, y'all read it with me. All scripture is given. Everybody read it with me. It's on the screen. Ready? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, remember, I told you, let me have your attention. I told you the word all in the Greek language means all. All means all, and that's all all means. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God, including Genesis. The accuracy of Genesis is no different than any other Bible text. All scripture is moved in the hearts of men by the Holy Spirit. And these men wrote down precisely what the Spirit wanted them to say. The Bible is true, whether we're talking about eschatology or origins. The Bible is true, whether we're talking about the history of Israel or the history of the Canaanites. The Bible is true. Whether we're talking about salvation or sanctification, whatever the Bible says is absolute truth. And Jesus said, can I have a better amen than that? And Jesus said and summed it up when he said in John 17, 17, write it down. Memory verse, John 17, 17, Jesus said, thy word is truth. Remember, I told you the book of Genesis is a book of origins. And the only source on the account of origins is the Bible and specifically Genesis chapter one. I told you origins are not repeatable. 
I told you their origins are not observable. And since there was only one there in the beginning, and that would be God, no one can comment on origins but God. So, ladies and gentlemen, what we have here in Genesis is the only accurate firsthand eyewitness account of origins by the creator himself, God. Dr. Henry Morris, a creation scientist, said all true facts of nature support biblical creationism. And it has to be that way because Genesis is true. Therefore, all true science is in support of the Genesis account. Just by show of hands, were you with me last week? Were you with me last week? Good. You know, then I told you that every person in this room falls into one of three categories as it relates to creation. You are either a creationist and you believe the biblical account of six day creation or you're a theist evolutionist. You believe that God is real and that he used evolution to evolve all things into the world, including mankind. Or you're a naturalist evolutionist, which most non-believers are. Naturalist evolutionist believes there was a big bang, no God, and everything else evolved by accident. Interesting this week, I was reading a Gallup poll. And this Gallup poll, listen to this. Did you know that 47% of Americans believe in a strict creationist view? 47% of Americans believe God created man within the last six to 10,000 years. 30% of Americans believe in some combination of evolution and creation. God was involved. Only 9% of Americans believe in a strict evolution. Isn't that interesting? Only 9% and yet is fascinating our universities, our college, are y'all listening? Our universities, our colleges, most public schools, state parks all teach evolution as fact when only 9% of the people really believe that it's fact. It's almost like the emperor's new clothes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. Hey, that guy's naked. Somebody needs to say that guy's naked. Somebody needs to say evolution is 9% of the people, that's it? But all this hoopla of all is fat. Did you know, get this, or do you know, question, what a stalagmite is? Do you know what a stalagmite is? Stalactmite and a stalagmite. A stalactmite is uh, those, uh, their mineral... Um, deposits hanging from the roof of a cavern, cave, or structure. A stalagmite is a mineral deposit form that is on the floor of a cave or cavern or a structure. Uh, raise your hand if you've been in like one of those caves. Raise your hand. You wonder, all y'all been in caves? All three services, a bunch of people been in caves. I have never been in a cave. Wait a minute, raise your hand again. You've been in a cave? Y'all been in a cave? I have never been, and I'm not going in no cave. <laughs> I want y'all to know that right now. I am not going in no cave. Do I look like Batman? I am not going in a cave. God didn't make people to go in caves. <laughs> but you know that when you go into these caves, uh, they tell you, and am I right about it? They tell you, oh, they, they show you these stalagmites, the stalac stalactites and these stalagmites, and they say, oh, well, 40 million years ago when these were formed, 
or 10 million years ago or 7 million years ago or whatever, assuming that they were formed millions of years ago. Again, evolution is just culturally accepted without question. Listen to this. There's um, the Sequoia uh, Caverns are located in Chattanooga, Alabama. And in these caverns are these fast-growing stalactites and stalagmites. Hard to keep them different. Stalactites and stalagmites. And there's this guy, uh, y'all enjoy watching me struggle, don't y'all? <laughs> y'all, just, <laughs> y'all just sitting there going, oh, that's just great. He's just struggling. I don't like it when he struggles. Um, stalagmites and stalactites. And um, I'm a struggle, but I ain't going to get it wrong, all right? And uh, so this guy, just a norm, normal guy, normal blue-collar guy, his name is um, Mr. Clark Byers. And Mr. Clark Byers is the director for one of the, for this cavern. And he wanted to know the rate of growth of the stalactites and the stalagmites. And so, fascinating, genius. He did a study. He took a clear panel and he put it in front of one of them. And 10 years went by to, uh, he did that actually in 1977. And 10 years went by and the stalactites or stalactites grew about 10 inches or 1 inch per year not millions of years interesting but they tell you oh millions of years well listen it gets better the lincoln memorial in washington dc was completed in 1922 and while doing a cleaning project, listen to this, while doing a cleaning project in the basement of the Lincoln Memorial in 1968, they found a five foot long stalactite just 40 years later. So evolutionists, they tell you and people in general, they tell you that these stalactites and stalagmites take millions of years. That's not right. That's a lie. It's been proven as a lie. So the next time you're in a cave, (laughs) you just tell them it's not right. Look at chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Now, when was the beginning? Now, listen, each week that we go through our study, we'll probably touch on this. And the reason why we keep going back to in the beginning, God, is because, to be honest with you, This study on creation that I am seeking to fit into a six to eight week period is really a three, five year study. I am not kidding you. Um, Generally, it takes me a week to prepare one sermon. And by the time I'm done with that sermon, probably around Saturday, I have 40 pages of sermon. I can actually, in terms of time, I can have 22 pages here in my my iPad. I can have 22 pages in terms of time. But it's such a big study. So what we're doing is each week as we go back, I'll say in the beginning, and then we just said that last week and we said that the week before, is because there's more to say about that, but I don't have time to say everything in one sermon, so I save some for the next one and for the next one and for the next one. In the beginning, when was the beginning? Christians, creationists. They believe the beginning was four to 6,000 years. Naturalist, theist, and atheist, 
uh, say that in the beginning was two, three, five billion years. Well, listen, the earth can't be millions or billions of years old. As a matter of fact, the earth can't be hundreds of thousands of years old. Again, I was doing some reading this week, and you can Google this in, a, in this article called Science News of the Week, Volume 15, titled, Is the Sun Shrinking? Two Views. They wrote this. After analyzing solar diameter data recorded both at the Royal Observatory at Greenwich, Greenwich, England, London, England, between 1836 and 1953, and at the U.S. Naval Observatory since 1846, John Eddy and Amram that guy concluded that the solar diameter of the sun had been shrinking for the past hundred years, perhaps for as long as 400 years. Eddie, a visiting scientist at the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, and that guy, uh, I can't pronounce his name, feel free, a mathematician with S. Ross and company in Boston calculated the shrinkage to be about five feet per hour. Now listen at this. Five feet per hour comes out to four million tons of mass per second. In over a hundred studies and two credible observatories, just a hundred thousand years ago, the sun would have been twice its size and life couldn't exist on Earth. Twenty million years ago, the sun's surface would have been touching the Earth. Forty billion years ago, which is what evolutionists say, the sun would have filled the entire known universe and life could not have possibly existed. So it is impossible. In the beginning, God created. Remember I told you, if you haven't written it down, you write it down. The word created is, anybody know? Bara, very good. Bara, B-A-R-A, it means divine creativity, used exclusively of God who creates in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Look at verse 2. The earth was tohu vabohu, without form and void. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the, of the deep. Look at verse 3. And God said, fiat lux. That's Latin for God said. God said, let there be light, and light was. God called the light. What did he call light, saints? Are y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? God called the light what, saints? And God called darkness what? And so evening and the morning were the first. Or Yom, Yom, Yom Kippur, a day of, day of atonement. Yom Kippur, Yom. Day two, verse six. And God said, let there be firmament. The word for firmament, were you here last week, is rakia. It means expanse or something stretched out, vast, limitless, God said, let there be expanse or actually air. Day two, God put a small ocean on the earth and called it the sea and a bigger ocean over our head in the sky or in the stellar or in the space. Last time we left the earth still engulfed in water. The earth is still uninhabitable and not in its final form until today. Day three, I've titled this sermon, The Origin of of vegetation. Genesis chapter 1 says we pick up in verse 9. That's the longest introduction I think I've ever done. Genesis chapter 1, we pick up in verse 9 through 13. Y'all come on, read it with me because y'all, matter of fact, come on, y'all stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Y'all seem sleepy. Y'all want a chicken sandwich? Come on, look at verse 9. 
And y'all read verse 9 through 13 with me. Come on. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called. And God saw that it was. And then God said, let the earth bring forth grass the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit. Underline that according to his kind, whose seed is in itself. Come on, read on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And so the evening and the morning were the third day. Stop right there. Go ahead and take your seats. I want you to take note of the words, then God said. Everything, are you listening? Everything that comes into being by, is by God simply speaking it into existence. Everything that we see, everything that we experience, everything that happens in our lives is because God said. It's because God was involved. Somebody say amen. Amen. I was thinking about Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Been thinking about it all week, actually. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by what, saints? Okay, some of y'all didn't see that, huh? I'm not going to let you just sit there. All right? He's upholding all things by what? By the word of his power. It literally means that Jesus, if you've got a pen, write it down, that Jesus is holding the universe together by his word. God says Jesus Christ, his own son, is providentially governing and sustaining everything that's going on in the universe. And that means all events and all objects and all people and all circumstances It means he carries each to its appointed end. I want you to think about that. But most importantly, I want you to believe that with your heart. I want you to believe that God is in control. The word uphold is the Greek word phero. Very interesting word. It's commonly used for carrying something from one place to another. For example, In Luke chapter 5, the friends were carrying the paralyzed man to Jesus. In John chapter 2, they were carrying the wine at the wedding at Cana. Um, I think of uh, Mark, who was carrying the cloak and the books to Paul when he was in prison. This word means active, this word uphold, means active, purposeful control of the thing being carried. We can... Stand here and argue about evolution. Are you hearing me? And we can stand here and argue about creation. And we can argue about the Big Bang. I call it the Big God. They call it the Big Bang. I call it the Big God. And we can stand here and argue about DNA and we can argue about carbon 12, 14 dating and Dr. Geologist said this and Dr. Comet said that. But listen, at the end of the day, when the trials and the tribulations come your way, no matter what, you're going to need to know that you serve a God that has power in his word. Then God said. 
Then God said, you need to know and take comfort in the fact that his word is true and that he is God who cannot and will not lie and that he is the same yesterday. Somebody help me. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And in the midst of your suffering, this is what's going to bring you comfort. When you when you're going through stuff, when life comes at you and it comes at you fast. You ain't going to be thinking about carbon-14 dating. You ain't going to think about carbon-14 dating. You're not going to be thinking about when they tell you that you need chemotherapy. You're not going to be thinking what the age of the earth is. Well, what is the age of the earth? Am I right about it? When they tell you your child is sick with an incurable disease, you're not going to be thinking about DNA. And the molecular structure or fossils. You're not going to be thinking about any of that. You're going to be thinking, okay, God, what did you say? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.